mama is seeing them walking in that vision and she's getting excited with them walking in her vision, but they can't walk upright in her vision. And it makes you wonder how long they're going to last in mama's vision. Praise the Lord, saints. I, I, I like this conversation because it has a great reference to uh, the vision that God has given me and it's set in place for me. And I'm saying for me. And I want to say before I get into what I'm about to say, one of the worst places, auntie, you want to be is at the end of the road and say, I wish I, I could have, I should have. That's that, that's one of the worst. I turned 65 years old last week. They tell me when you turn 66, you can go fishing. <laughs> that's what they tell me, auntie. They, they say when you, and, and get the full package, you know. Well, I've been getting notice that, James, if you want to go now, Go. And we're going to take off this. We're going to. No, you ain't going to take off nothing. I'm going to wait till I'm 66. But my point here is when I turn 66, do what the vision, what God has put before me. Go fishing. Go do some other things besides work. You know, and, and people always say when I, when I talk about this, well, you got to be financially. If God ain't going to give you no vision. And ain't going to set you up right to fulfill it, the vision. But it's on us, auntie, like you reading yes. in this, it's on us to take the initiative yes. Yes. to follow through what God has set in place. Mm -hmm. So many times we don't believe that we can do. Tonka said it earlier, what God has said he want us to do. You know, I, I, I've been through a lot in my life. And to get to the end and say, I should have, I would have, I could have. Mm -hmm. But I chose not to because I was stuck in that, that tunnel that he was just talking about. Mm -hmm. Comfortable. But where, well, like, like for an example, some things is going on in my family. I just come off a two-week vacation not too long ago. I want to leave and go and be with my family. But I don't want to lose my job, this, that, and the other, taking my other two weeks so close together because mm -hmm. we had a meeting and we got to stretch these things out. Everybody can't be on vacation at the same time, all the key people, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And I agreed to go along with that. But there are some things that's going on in my family that I'm going to share later on in the service that I, I just need to be able to do things with the family, what we're talking about here today. You know, uh, I'm talking about my, my uh, immediate family, you know, uh, which is spread all over the United States and every, and uh, leaving me fastly, rapidly. I have family members just leaving. But uh, it, it, that's, a, that's a good point. You don't want to get to the end and don't do anything that God has said. And, you know, and, and then you, 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 you end up in a situation at the end of the road where physically 
you can't do it because you don't wait it too late. And that's a bad place to be. In your mind, you think it, I could, I should have, but your physical able, you're not able to do it. And I don't want to get be in that type of situation. I want to be able to do some of the things and, 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 and do it, you know, with a little physical, physiology, you know, not having somebody have to carry me around. So I'm just saying, I understand when, you know, you don't want to get stuck in one place too long. And the thing of it is, sometimes we think we stuck. Sometimes we think we didn't get to do the things we wanted to do. Some of those things is things that we wanted to do, but it wasn't in God's plan for us to do those things. And God kept us from going and doing those things. Uh, when, when Nick was a teenager, when he, he, I don't get to do this, I don't get to do that. Well, we always put a note on the refrigerator, what you want, rewards, and whatever. So my answer to it was, whatever that you feel that I'm not letting you do that you want to do, I'm going to make sure that you don't miss out on those things. So you go and you make a list, and I want you to put that list on that refrigerator, the things he wanted to do. He wanted to go to the clubs. He wanted to go to the titty bar. He wanted to go and do all these things. I'm being honest and upfront. But the thing of it is, God reveals me the things of his thoughts. That's right. You can't help your child if you don't know their thoughts. So he wrote it down on the paper. And my brother said, you shouldn't have these things on the refrigerator. This is supposed to be the reward refrigerator. Well, the reward is going to be great because of what he put on this paper. Now, what you got on this paper, now I can pray against these things that you got on the paper. But that was your vision and that was the things that you wanted to do. So when he went, got to the age to go and do those things, he comes back because he know we mark things off the list. Mama, that thing wasn't nothing. That wasn't what I thought. Mama, that wasn't what I thought. Mama, that's not what I thought. So when he reached the age of 21 and now he's 27, they say, well, let's go over here and do it. I don't want to go and do those things. Those things don't impress me. So the things, sometimes the things that we wanted to go and do wasn't for us. We got caught in the hype of some things that we people say, oh, that's fun. Going to do bungee jumping. Oh, that's fun. You got to go and do it. Well, I think I might want to go and try it. But that wasn't meant for us. And we get in the hype. And sometimes the family is having things, but we ain't meant, we ain't meant to be there at that time. Because there's too much confusion and there's some stuff that's going on and we may not be strong enough to hold ourselves back right. of saying things we shouldn't say. Amen. And the people are not ready to receive the word. And when God is ready to send us, there's nothing can hold you back Amen. but yourself. But yourself say this real quick you know uh jacob was not on good terms with his family when right. he left home and i think a lot of times when we see the family dynamic with with young people young people that's getting older that's leaving home or the whatever when you don't leave on good terms 
when you don't walk away on good terms, when you don't operate and flow on good terms, you got to go back and repeat that, which he did. He had to go back and repeat whether it was in his in his uncle's house and Laban's house, whether it was whether it was being with cross eyed Leah and then had to wait, wait another seven year, seven years to work off that debt and to be with Rachel. There was a process because of the confusion that he left at home. When he got to his final destination, he's, and even with his children, there was still a contention that took place. And what we don't want, and what we don't want to see is that when we get into a place in God or we get into a level of maturity where God does call you to move on, you want to make sure that the place you left was organized. You want to make sure that the place that you left was in order because that thing is going to follow you. And then I was talking to my uncle because he was trying to get what well, he was giving me some advice. He was trying to or whatever from the best way he was. And I had to hold, you know, hold him. I said, God's been telling me for years to do what I'm doing, mm -hmm. what I'm stepping out to do right now. Mm -hmm. So it ain't no big surprise. Mm -hmm. Oh, oh, boom, pop. God's been telling me for years, but did I obey? Right. That's the key. Right. And so he was trying to give me this, well, you know, and I've been encouraging you. No, no, you was giving me what you thought because you were trying to contend with my mom. Mm -hmm. Let's keep it 100. Mm -hmm. And so when people, I'm just being family, yeah. when family does that, you got to recognize people's motives of what they say and what they know. Right. See what's not being said when people are talking. Mm -hmm. No, you saying what you're saying because you wanted to buck up against her. But when God moved her out of the equation and moved you out of the equation and got in Tonka's head and decided what Tonka should be doing. Now Tonka can step out as a grown man, and do what he's supposed to been doing right. because that was my assignment. So when we leave right and move right and operate right, things will go well. Things will go well. And so that, that, that's a blessing what you were talking about earlier. And that's a very good lesson. I can remember... When someone told me not to leave Illinois, well, after I called my father and asked him for forgiveness, I knew right then whenever God had said what he said years ago when I was younger, a young kid growing up walking in church, because family can be the rule of all evil. Family can back you up or either family can can also dig a hole for you too for for you to fall in. But when God sits sits a sits the vision right in front of you, then you should follow that vision. Okay. I didn't know I was gonna move to Springfield. I wanted to go east. I wanted to go out there to Virginia. But all the glory on the east is not as good as it look. Because God didn't say, I, I didn't want you going east. I wanted you to go west. Well, I was told by an old pastor friend, I don't, I don't think you should go over there. I said, well, my God's telling me to go that way. Why shouldn't you just stay here if you said that you've been called? Well, when God is doing something, God is doing something. But 
you got to make your mistakes for God to bring you out the mistakes right. too as well mm -hmm. for you to really see the vision what God is putting right in front of you. Mm -hmm. And that's the vision what God is putting right in front of Jacob. Mm -hmm. And see, me, I had to learn. I had to see for myself what God was doing. He was planting the seed in me so I can see what he was actually doing within me so I can be cut and tossed and everything else and fall in the hole and be brought right back out. Amen. 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 Jacob knew that he didn't have any money to pay for Rachel, like Abraham had paid for Rebecca, as a tradition. Jacob knew he had nothing of value, and he knew that he had to do something. So even though Jacob had started thinking in, in, in the family mode, because Jacob was thinking, well, she's a shepherd, and, and we only have two, he only has two daughters. And if I marry her and take her away from here, then he's going to lose the money that he was bringing in because now he's just down to one daughter. And this is before he married Leah. And so Jacob knew when he went in and he made that proposition for that seven years, he knew that there had to be enough income to come in here to this is what I'm going to present to you. And that's why Laman was saying, okay, that's ta I, I, I'll take that. I'll take that because now I'm getting a two for one. Now, you got this promises that God done promised on you, and my daughter's going to be part of it, and I'm going to be part of it. Because we're family. When you think about it, we're family. And we all think in that same mindset, well, he got a good job, or she got a good job, or she making good money. I can leave this little tiny apartment, I hook up with her, we're going to get something big. And we think that mindset. We think that mindset. I don't want to talk to Joe Blow over here working at Walmart. I want to talk to him working out at Zenith or whatever that's making bigger money, you know. And that don't mean you're getting a better deal. Right. But, but uh, Jacob, he wasn't caught up. He was attracted to Rachel. He wasn't caught up and motivated by the lust. He wasn't caught up in all that. And Laban couldn't use his daughters to manipulate him in that mindset. Because Laban could have went ahead and started doing that manipulation thing. But Laban, the uncle, was sitting back waiting. Let me see what I can get out of this deal. Yeah. I'm going to get something out of this deal. Because I already know my, my, my sister done married up good. They're doing good. Y'all got all this over here. So even if I send one of them and you go back home, it's still all well. It's still all well. So he, he wasn't caught up in the spirit of lust. Jacob was being transformed. So he offered that seven years of labor. He offers it. And so, you know, Laban says, okay, yeah, I'll let you marry Rachel. That's fine. You can have her. Why not? I was going to give it to somebody else. Why not? Why not you? Why not you? To me, that's kind of cold and harsh. You, you know, well, you, you know, she's very beautiful, and you know, she, you, you, you know what I'm saying? You just gonna, I'm just gonna say to my son, if anybody just walk in and say, well, I really want, well, I might as well give them to you. You'll do. You'll do. You know what I'm saying? He just did Rachel just like, okay, might as well be you. Somebody, I gotta give it to somebody else. Might as well be you. 
But Jacob realized that, that at this point, he's starting to realize that Laban was a master schemer who could control his life. Control his life. So he had to do the best he can do. And God is so good, like he said, when he did the seven years, it was just like days to him. That the years went by so fast. Now check this out. In the process, Jacob was the one who stayed in the house and cooking and cleaning with his mother. Now he's outside. He's, he's, he's learning how to handle the crops. He's learning how. He's learning some things to be a man, to be able to take care of his family. You being a baker, wasn't nobody going to respect you of being a baker in the house and talking about you're going to lead the country. So now he's out there picking up the skills and stuff to keep the animals away, the same skills that his brother had. Right. So now he's picking up those manly skills, and I'm not saying that he was funny or anything like that, but I'm just saying the roles had reversed because you, want, you stole somebody else's blessing. So you stole somebody else's blessing, so now you got to get in and work and be transformed into that position of the things that that person that I was looking for. So now he's out there, he's, he's, he's working, he ain't complaining, he's working. And, and, and you think about it, Rachel's out there working side by side, he's getting Noah. Side by side, because that was her job. So they out there working side by side. He's just happy as he can be. It's a win-win. It's a win-win. A win-win. He didn't mind working the seven years. As he said, work seven years, I can figure out. And in his mind, he probably was thinking, you know, in seven more years, you know, I probably need a little bit more I need to learn. You know, we go and we join churches and we start off in the back and then we start coming to Sunday school. Then you start saying, That's, I, want, I want to learn how Deke does that. I want to learn. You know, you start getting eager. And, then, and you start training, and you start learning more, and then you realize, man, I've been over here seven, eight years. Didn't even, don't even seem like it. You know what I'm saying? And I like coming. At the beginning, it was like cattle prodding me to get me to come, and I'm like, man, I may go over that other program. Now you're like, what time we leaving to go over? What time we going to start? Then you start getting here a little bit early. Where everybody at? And before you was the one that was coming in late and wondering when you're going to leave, now you the one. You, you know what I'm saying? As it starts going and as you start getting trained, yes. things start changing. But he made a deal with him. Laban accepted the deal. No problem. Everybody's happy. Everybody win, win, win. Just keep, keep doing the seven years. We good. Will someone read verses 21 through 24? We're going to start seeing the little deceptions. It's still it's kind of funny when you set yourself a timeline and you start getting close to that timeline and things start changing when you start getting to that timeline. By 25, I'm going to be married and have three kids. By the time you get 23, you start thinking, well, I ain't married. I ain't going to have them kids. You start, things start changing, and then you start going out there trying to help the vision. And I praise the Lord. Then Jacob said to, to us, Laman, give me my wife, for my days are fulfilled, 
that I may go into her. Verse 22. And Laman uh, uh, Laman gathered together all the men of the place and made a feast. Verse 23. Now it came to pass in in the evening that he took Laman, Leah, his daughter, and brought her to Jacob. And he went into her. Verse 24. And then Laman gave, gave him his mind made Zephyr, Z-I-L? Zephyr. Okay, to his daughter. Leah as a maid, uh, just going on over 25? No, just stop at 24. Okay. All right. So here we go. He's engaged. He didn't did his seven years. Now give me my prize. I'm, 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 I'm ready to go on and take my bride. I'm ready to go on and move on. I done honored my contract with you. Now I want you to give me my goods. And, and told Laban and said, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you your goods. He told him he would give him Rachel, but he didn't, he didn't agree what, when he was going to give him Rachel. He said, I'll give it to you. You said you'll work seven years for. He said, fine. But he didn't say the seven years was going to be on the front end or the back end. When you think about it. He didn't say he's on the front end or the back end. He said seven years. That's what you, that's what you said seven years for. But yet and still... There still is tradition that you have to marry off the first one before you can pass off the second one. So the process has to happen. So therefore, here when the deception come in, we're going to have the big feast. We're going to have this going on. Jacob didn't buck the system because he already knows what happens when you buck the system of the way the tradition and things go because you buck the system back at home and got yourself in a mess. So he's learning that you got to go through the process the way things needs to be done. So in this process, you can't get mad because you messed up the process and you was deceptive yourself. Another test to see if you, you've grown. So now here we go. You got the big party. You got the invite. He all caught up in the hype. He's all excited and stuff. And, you, you know, Leah wearing the veil and all this. And, and you, you know, this alcohol and everything going on at these parties and stuff. And then you don't realize you got the wrong woman until the next day. That puzzled me a little bit. You done went through the whole ritual and you don't realize, hey, I got the wrong bride the next day. But God has a plan because he said he was going build to build this nation. He had a plan that it had to be multiplied and he has a plan. So when he has a plan, you, you know, what's the name one going to have all these kids? There's a plan and God has a plan of how things are going to happen, even though we think they should happen one way, but God had a plan. So we, and then you realize, hey, wait a minute. And as a consolation, you're going to say, well, I'm going to give my daughter this, um, well, I gave you a slave. I gave you Leah, and I gave you a slave. 
So now you back at the bargaining table. So he's waiting to see, and Laban's already know what your eye is set on that prize, and you're going to go and do whatever it takes because he didn't discover what your weak spot said. When people discover what your weak areas is, they're going to work you like a fine penny. If they know that I'm cell phone kids and stuff, and like, oh, let the kids have it, then they know I'll spend my last dime on the kids. So they're going to bring your kids to you, bring their kids to you, and you're going you're gonna to say, here, five dollars. Say, maybe your last five, your last ten. I went and bought the kids some cool clothes. You know what I'm saying? When people find out your weak spot, they're going to work you through that weak spot. And that's why they was making the comparison that he wasn't caught up in and motivated by lust. So, so you couldn't, he couldn't use that. So he got to go a different angle, but he's following tradition. So he can't buck up against tradition because he's going to tell him, now how are you going to go against the system? Now we're going to do this again. That didn't work out too well for you at home. Now you think you're going to come here and I didn't help you for seven years trying to help line you out. And you're going you, you, you to go against the system? Praise the Lord. I heard you say something that caught me. When you got somebody that's working hard or there's someone that is weak, maybe not just weak in the mind, but weak in the spirit too as well. And he's looking for the good prize. Mm -hmm. He ain't looking for the bad prize. He's looking for the good prize. Because he's supposed to be getting Rachel, but he got the second, mm -hmm. which was Leah. When you come up and you are taught to work hard, for seven hard years and you knowing that you're going to get that grand prize and it's coming your way in about a half a year and you're not remembering what was told to you when you first came. Mm -hmm. That's like you're getting married to a twin sister and not recognizing which one you're supposed to be with. Something's wrong with that picture. But everything that's going on in Jacob's life is in the plan. Because there's still some old lessons to be learned. There's still some old lessons to be learned. Because in that process, how you had didn't like your brother. Now we're getting ready to start in the same thing where we got sisters pitted against each other in this situation. And how are you going to handle this situation? And as Jacob realized, okay, I get it, I get it. This is what's going on. This is, you know, and he says, my time is completed, what Jacob kept saying. My time is completed. And, but he had bargained for Rachel. It's showing that, this, that his word didn't mean anything to Laman. That there was still a price to be paid 
for Rachel. And now as everything is being blessed with everything that Jacob touches, and now he's, he's, he's going to keep this game going. He's going to keep this, Laban's going to keep this game going. And we still see this still going on now. Now he didn't gain a wife. Now he didn't gain a slave. Now he didn't went through the wedding tradition. Now you know how things supposed to be doing, how things supposed to go. But he's still not happy because that's not who he's supposed to have. He could have went ahead and took Leah and could have went on and said, you know, hey, I, I'm, I'm tired. I'm going, okay, God, I, I didn't got my wife. Y'all sent me here to get one wife, not two wives. I then came here. I got my wife. Uh, what's, what's, my next, what's my next move? What's my next move? But he knew that there was more for him to do. And there was more that something, it wasn't, didn't set right with him. And he was not going to settle for just this little piece. If someone would read verses 25 through 30. And as Jacob was thinking about it, you know, the seven years wasn't so bad as considering he was running for his life and nothing has happened and he was still being protected. He was still eating. He was still living good in that seven years. And he married Leah to somebody that still liked him and adored him. Go ahead, Tucker. 25 through 30. 25 through 30, okay. All right, and it came to pass in that morning, behold, it was Leah, and he said to Laban, What is this that thou hast done unto me? Did I not serve thee for Rachel? Wherefore then hast thou beguiled me? And Laban said, It must not be done in our country to give the younger before the firstborn. Fulfill her weak. And we will give thee this also for the, the service which thou hast shalt serve with me yet seven other years. And Jacob did so and fulfilled her week and gave him Rachel, his daughter, to wife also. And Laban gave Rachel, his daughter, Beliah, his handmaid, to to be to be her maid and he said unto Rachel he loved also Rachel more than Leah and and serve with him yet seven other years Rachel do you think Rachel got the short end of the stick she didn't have no big fancy wedding she got leftovers. And here we were saying that the sister was the weak one and wasn't going nowhere, but she got the big fancy wedding. She got to bear the first child. She got the first servant. Doing things in the right order that God says it is designed to be, you're going to be blessed and going to come ahead. And here we got Rachel. She got shortchanged. 
Now I'd liked him the whole time, and now she gets my husband. Now I got to be the second wife, and my sister's still alive. <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? Because it usually happens she died, then we married the sister. You, you know? And now my sister's still alive. And she ain't all that pretty. So you got those thoughts and those jealousy things that's going to be going on in Rachel's mind for a long time. Here, I didn't work with you. I didn't told you all my secrets, and you know nothing about my sister, and I know. And the thing about it is, think about it. Rachel knew what tradition was. These girls know what tradition is. I can't get married till she get married. I mean, it's, it's no secret. I can't get married until my sister gets married. Why didn't you go and say, hey, you got a brother back there somewhere? Bring your twin brother. And bring your... <laughs> You know what I'm saying? If we're going to be together, we need to come up with a plan to get rid of my sister. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying, Cinderella. I'm just saying. But, you know, so, but the thing of it is, and the reason why I said that is, Joseph didn't get caught up into deceiving and trying to do trickery again. He didn't, he didn't get into that. He just says, okay, I'll wait. I ain't nobody, I've been here seven years. Leah ain't had a date in seven years. So he knew what the tradition was. He knew what the plan was. You know, so this wasn't no secret that was going on. He had in his mind, because if I went and asked for her, then that's the way it's going to be. And like I say, his daddy didn't, her daddy didn't say on the front end and the back end of the seven years. But I'm going to let you do seven years. I'm going to let you do the seven years. So the celebration went on, and, 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 and Jacob, he still had a good time, because he said he finished on after week of the celebration. He still had a good time. They finished the celebration on out and stuff. He wasn't going to make a, he, he, he didn't cut up because he knew he wanted Rachel. So we have to go through processes of things when we get do loops that happens that comes along the way that sets us back. Sometimes that setback may be a day. Sometimes that setback may be 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, or whatever. But whatever God has in plan and what's ordained for it to happen is going to happen. And you got to be willing to, be, to, to wait your time for it to happen. Because when you get ahead of it, that ain't God's plan. And then you sit back and say, I wish I would have went and did this. I wish I would have went and went over and did that. I wish. But you got God on your side that say he can do all things and he didn't train you and showed you how to do all things. He didn't provide food for you. He didn't provide clothing for you. He didn't provide jobs. He didn't provide vehicles. Why didn't you go do it? You see what I'm saying? Why didn't you go and do it? Did you ask him, can you go and do? Hmm. <laughs> well, glory. I, I'm going to say this. We are good at telling people to trust God until we in the hot seat. Oh, you can go do what God called you to do. You can do this, you can do that. Until God starts pushing you. <laughs> and he starts motivating you. Until he starts shifting you. And mother delivered a message here, I think, several months ago when the when the 
when it's the eagle's time to leave the nest, he, the, as the eagle stirs the nest. See, a lot of time we, we ask God for all these big blessings, but we never really step out of our conference zone to really go and get them. Amen, somebody. We, we, we ask God for the impossible. We ask God for miracle signs and wonders. But, you know, the man that was at the pool of Bethesda, and the Bible said he was there for 38 years. Could it be in between the 30 and 8 years he could have at least rolled or uh, stuck his toe in there or something? At some point, you're going to have to step out of your comfort zone to get what God has for you. And so people are so used to telling people, oh, well, you go get your blessing. It's your time. It's your what about you? What about your assignment? What about what he told you? And so that's the reason why the Israelite, that's why they, some of them died off in the wilderness because he gave them opportunity. He gave them time and time and opportunity to get this thing right. And you rather buckle up your, uh, against your leader than to wait into the assignment. But there was only a few that went in. The few that went in, even Moses could not go in. Because you allow people to keep you from your purpose. And you blame, and then you blame, Family. and then you blame the devil. Talking about where well, it's the devil. No, it ain't. No, it's you. Because we can be our worst enemies at times. We can cause our own self from achieving the promise. We can cause our own self from walking into the real manifestation of what God called you to do. It's us. <laughs> it ain't the devil. It's us. Because, like you said, he's given us every working tool. You didn't, you, if, if you didn't have school, you had training. If you didn't have training, you had a, a spiritual mother. If you didn't have a spiritual mother, you had somebody that was going to pray for you. If you didn't have somebody that's going to pray for you, you was going to pray for yourself. But he has given you every working tool so you will not stand before him and say, Lord, I didn't know what to do. I've given you every opportunity to do this thing. I've given you every opportunity to walk in the, And it's up to you to move in the full manifestation of what he's called. And Jacob realized he was being, he was deceived. And he realized that, and that messed with him a little bit. It messed with him. It shook his emotion state a little bit. Sometimes you, 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 you know you're going through, but you don't want to recognize what I did was wrong. You want to just move on and put a band-aid on it. And sometimes you got to go back and realize that was awful what I did. You know, I need to go back and say I'm sorry. But his emotional state kicked in. Then he had, you know, J Jacob had some questions. He, he, he want to talk to Laban. You know, what, what, what's a sting have you done to me? You know, what, what have you done to me? And then he asked the question, wasn't it for Rachel that I worked for you? And why have you deceived me? He says, I worked, I served my bond, I did what I said I was going to do. Why you didn't hold up your bond? Why you deceive me? Why did you deceive me? But you forget that you was a master of deceiver seven years ago. You know what I'm saying? We forget sometimes how you deceive and you left stuff a mess. Because when you start deceiving, you didn't got in and put a monkey wrench in somebody's plan, and now everybody's life is the domino effect. Now they got to get back on even keel because you took one of the dominoes and they fell down. And somebody got to come back and restack the dominoes and recalculate their lives because you 
messed up and left trouble behind for other people to come and clean up. But Laman, just the only thing Laman told him, his only response was, it's custom. It's custom. But Laman could have pulled him aside before the wedding even started and even told him, even if he didn't realize the cups, that he, he had the opportunity to go and say, hey, Jacob, you know, I don't know if you're aware of this, but, you know, before I start spending this money on this big wedding and calling these people in here and stuff, I want to I let you know you got to marry Leah first. But it goes back to the same opportunity that Jacob and his mother had several opportunities because we counted eight lies. You had eight times to go back and fix that situation before you walked in there and deceive your father. And that's the price. Good morning, blessing. The scripture is clear. He said, be not deceived. Mm -hmm. That means don't be fooled, don't be tricked. Don't deceive yourself. Mm -hmm. Whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. And whatever one seed you planted as you were sowing, whatever it is that you're sowing, it's going to come back in a multiple abundance. He sowed this. He planted that seed. Mm -hmm. It didn't matter if it was Laban, Laban's grandfather, or the mm -hmm. neighbor down the street. This, he was going to play this out. Because the very thing that you wanted, you're not going to get. Mm -hmm. And when you get it, it ain't going to be what you thought it was going to be. Mm -hmm. Now that you got it, what you going to do with it? Mm -hmm. Now you done spent 14 years thinking about this, seeing it every day go right past you, and you can't have it. Mm -hmm. Not only that, Laban had the opportunity to marry her off to someone else. The, the custom only said the oldest daughter had to be married first. Didn't say anything about, I need to say the second one for you. Mm -hmm. And Laban was just as low down and sneaky as he was. That's mm -hmm. why he didn't have a problem going and asking Laban. Because when birds of a feather flock together. Mm -hmm. Keep in mind, this man lied to his dying father. Mm -hmm. You stole from your brother. He really didn't steal. He just sold it. He said, I'm so hungry. He said, I'll sell you a bowl of soup for your birthright. He, he didn't, we need to stop saying he stole it. He didn't sell, he didn't, he sold it to him. Mm -hmm. Because when you got something, how many people are walking away from something, looking for something greater, and don't realize what they're looking for, you already got it. What you're looking for, you already got it. And everybody else will see it and know it. You just don't know what you got. Antique Roadshow, I watch it all the time as often as I get an opportunity. And, and, and the lady was on there, she paid $1.98 for a, a picture. Mm -hmm. And the lady was getting ready to throw it away or something, but greed. Mm -hmm. She said, well, give me a dollar ninety. It was a dollar or something, $2 or whatever. And she said, I ain't got but $1.98. She said, I'll take it. It was $2. The picture was worth $50,000. Mm. 50000 $50,000. But your greed for right now didn't allow you to see the $50,000. And you see it all the time. Go to the thrift stores and stuff. People don't, when you, and when I go into a thrift store, a resale shop, I always say to the furniture, I know it's not going to answer. How did, what's your story? How did you end up in here? Because at one time, you were valuable enough for someone to spend money on. 
-hmm. And once you went off the scene, mm -hmm. whoever inherited it didn't mean nothing. It had no value to them. And people give away stuff all the time and don't know the value of it. And that's what his brother did, Esau did. He didn't know the value of what he had. He knew. But if they had awaited, God had already prophesied when, when Rachel was pregnant that the younger one was going to the older one going to serve the young one. He was he had all God had already flipped the script anyway. But when we get in and try to help God out, we're going to get a laban every time. So Jacob is learning some lessons. And in this process, Jacob being the former deceiver, now he's grown in faith, patient, character over time. So he's learning some things, like she says, he's learning some things along the way. And now he's building, God is still working with him and conditioning him for the blessings that he has set aside for him. And in the meantime, you know, you sat and we talk about poor Leah. Leah's just left over. Just, just you, you, you know, you, you started off at the bottom of the food chain and you got to ride the red carpet for a few minutes and now you're back down at the bottom. But when God is using people to orchestrate, to be lined up, to make something happen, God's going to take care of you. You may look like you draw the short straw, but you didn't get the short straw in God's eyes. So what God did for Leah was about, what about poor Leah? Jacob wasn't mean and ugly to Leah. He was not mean and ugly to her. He could have just said, I know I had to marry you and just, just go on. I'm not, I'm not going to deal with you. I did what they said I need to do on paper, and I'm moving on. You just move on. I'm not going to do anything. And Leah's life would have had to come to an end because she can't remarry because she married to Jacob. And God was not going to let that happen. So what God did, he, he, he saw what was going on. He saw what was going on, and this is all part of it. He had compassion, but he let Leah birth Jacob's first four sons. The first four sons. And he could hear, and, and God heard Leah's cry. He heard, because Leah's in a situation. She was in a situation that she didn't ask for. And sometimes God use us and we in situations of trying to help somebody or trying to do something that we didn't ask for. But God's going to take care of us through it all. And in the process of laying, being vindictive and being all this, and, and, and Jacob, is, you, you know, he, he, he was beside himself for a minute. But check it out. Even though he put all those years in for Laban, he learned how Laban's household worked. He learned how Laban's crops and how his animals need to be tend to it. Because once he married those two daughters, he was the heir. So when Laman died, everything goes to Jacob because he only had two daughters. Any comments? Family. It's what it's about. 
family that the process that Jacob went through and the understanding that if you deceive somebody, somebody else is going to deceive you. And do you want to be out running for your life again? But he was going to make it right this go round. And he endured what was required of him. I want to say, in deception comes the spirit of fear. Here he lived in total fear. I'm about to be discovered. He's continually looking over his shoulder because I know he's always mad at me. And as I was leaving out there, he told me he was going to kill me. <laughs> Didn't get to go to your daddy's funeral. And the very thing that your mother set into motion, now you lose your husband, you lose both of your sons, because he went, Esau went off and married two of Ishmael's daughters, married two of Ishmael's daughters to just get back at his mother. So now you've lost your husband, you've lost your sons, and you sitting there by yourself. The very thing you was trying to pull in, you're going to lose everything. When we think about when we are perpetrating and deceiving, at what cost? The long-term effect. Not only that, when Leah's sons gets under scene, that same spirit that Jacob and Esau had with their father, they was always striving. Here this demon just went from over here to over here because we never dealt with the demon over here. So now you got these boys is always in a competition that they didn't sign up for fighting against all this. And now on the other end, you got Rachel sitting over there looking like the green-eyed monster because every time my sister get pregnant, that means a reminder, you ain't got no kids. You got him, but you can't give him what he really wants from you. So we need to be mindful of what we set into motion. And if they didn't deal with that, and I know they didn't because you can read the scripture, and they divide off on over in the scripture, they divide off, and now you got cousins, second cousin, third cousin, at war with each other, even to the day. Mm -hmm. these, are, these are Ishmael's descendants mm -hmm. because they didn't deal with that strife. They didn't deal with that demon. So here we are today doing something according to what they did back there. Amen. Doing what God calls us to do. And when we get stuck, and we get stuck, that we don't know whether we're going right or whether we're going left. We get stuck. Sometimes God wants us to put to hit that pause button and go back in and tap back into the resource and say, hey, things been going along pretty good or things been going really bad, but right now I'm at a crossroad. I am confused. I don't know if I have gotten on the right road or if I'm on the right road. Sometimes you got to go back in and check in. Well, and like Tonka was saying, instead of us going back in and checking in to see if we're on the right road, we'll go and we'll seek all these other people that don't even know the vision that God gave you. That'll tell you 
Well, you look like you're doing good and they're hiring over in Mexico. If you're going over to Mexico and God is saying, I got people set up in St. Louis and Kansas City that they, they're going to take you to this point and they're going to pick you up and guide you through where I need you to go. But we're traveling on the wrong road go in the wrong direction and we can't figure out why things are not coming and then you got then you got people telling you the scripture that God said he's going to take care of you. He's taking care of you but he got to get you back on the right road. And you got to pause out sometime. And you got to go back to him and say, did I hear it right? Is this the year I'm supposed to be doing this? Because sometimes we get our years mixed up. We get our years mixed up or we get tired of waiting because we have our own timeline of how fast we want to do stuff. He had the vision. His mother said, go over to Pattern. My brother, your uncle. Now, we, all through the scripture, we don't hear nothing about her brother. Mm-hmm. We, the devil will always give you someone so it tells me, when you go back and start looking at Rachel when, when, when they left, Rachel was just as low down as Jacob was. Mm-hmm. So they were just alike. Mm-hmm. When she left, she stole her father's the, 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 the idol God mm-hmm. and stuck it into, into a saddlebag, into a mm-hmm. saddlebag and sat up on it. And so when he came after, when he wakes up and found out, oh, wait a minute, all my prosperity, everything I know, all my stuff is gone, and my kids is gone, my grandkids, and you didn't, and he left. Here he go, on pretenses, mm-hmm. riding through the night to hunt his son-in-law down. Mm-hmm. So you didn't give me time to tell my children and my grandkids about. You wasn't thinking nothing about them. You thinking all my wealth and everything mm-hmm. is gone because I didn't have none of this until you showed up. Right. As low down as he was, he recognized the anointing that was on him. And so when, when Rachel see him, she said, forgive me, Father, for not coming down because it's that time. You know what did And he was like, okay, just, just stay where you at. But here's, here the lie starts again. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what he did to his daddy. He lied to his father with the skin on it. Yeah, to feel me, this is what it feels like. Mm-hmm. So here, here the lie continues. Mm-hmm. You got the promise, but you're doing it all wrong. Mm-hmm. How many people have the promise, but you're doing it all wrong? Got the right dress, just don't know when to wear it. You know what I'm saying? Don't know when to wear it. My mama used to say, you got the wrong hat on today. What your hat you got on your head is not for what we got going on today. So you need to get your head straight. And then the bottom line, you got to spend time with God and know God. And you got to have faith and you got to be obedient. And when you get out of the source of those things, you're just wandering around wasting time. That's the bottom line. You're wandering around wasting time. And we just have to keep in mind, stay obedient. We all got a promise. We all got blessings. We all got gifts. We all got things that God already promised on us from when we was in the womb. All those things are sitting there waiting for us. It's, he's waiting for you to step up and tap into the box, and he's going to say, here this is for you. 
I'm glad you came and you made the first leg of the race. And now you didn't made it through the first leg of the race. You did good. I think you got enough in you. You can run the 50-yard dash. You got enough in you. I think you can run the 100-yard dash. And each round and round that we go, the blessings gets bigger and bigger and bigger, and our life gets better. But if you want to just stay in the 50-yard dash and you're 75 years old and you've got other people that stepped up to the plate and you're still trying to run the 50-yard dash, you're going to get the candy and the pixie sticks that comes with the 50-yard dash. While your body and your needs and everything needs a healing, needs a mind regulated, need other things, you've got to step up and run the 100-yard dash. So if you want some changes in your life, you got to get in the right race that he has set up for you to be in. Mm. Bottom line. Amen. 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 Let's let us close. Father, we thank you. We lift you up and we give you all the glory because without you, there wouldn't be any glory because you are the father of everything. You are the creator of everything. Father, you have instilled in us what we need to have. Whether we know what we got or whether we don't know what we got, Father. Father, you bring it up and you make it big in us so we can recognize what we have and what role we own, Father. Father, I lift you up and I give you all the glory. I can't thank you enough for all the things that you have done in my life. I can't thank you enough for showing me which road to get on. And when I was on the wrong road, you showed me if the lights are flashing and say, just step over this way just a little bit. Woo, Father, we thank you. There's so much to be thankful for. There's so much to be thankful for. All the things that we see going on around us, but you still got the hedge of protection around us that's still saying, I'm taking care of mine. I'm taking care of mine. That I don't want you to worry about what might have happened and what if's going to happen and if Social Security going to be here, whatever. You say, I got mine. You are as of me. Woo, Father, I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you that I can look back and I can say the same thing as Jacob. The seven years went by just like yesterday. I thank you, Father. I thank you, Father, that I can count the years off that I've been through things that I can count them off to say it was just like yesterday. Woo, and I'm still standing. And I'm still focused on you. Woo, Father, I thank you. Woo, Father, I thank you. Go with us, Father, today. Bless the service today. In Jesus' name, amen.